Welcome to Nightmare 365. This is the center of weirdness for the entire planet. There's tons of unsolved mysteries out there. Witches still exist. What about monsters? Do you believe in ghosts? Bigfoot is not out there. Bigfoot is definitely out there. UFOs are real. UFOs might be real. Do you believe in conspiracies? I consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I want to believe in all these case files. Trust no one. The government lies to you. We're just two brothers exploring the unexplained, mysterious, and spookiness that lives among us. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Nightmare 365 podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Greg. Yeah. What is up today? We are talking about... What's up, dude? Is there a little delay? Greg is not in the studio with me. He's on location in New Hampshire because today we're talking about the Betty and Barney Hill alien abduction case from 1961. And this one's pretty sweet, man. This one is really well known. I think it's been done tons of times. There's a lot of skeptics, but then a lot of believers. And this is the first, I guess you could say, there was a long paragraph and I'm going to share a couple links from the University of New Hampshire, which has some great artifacts on hand, but it's kind of funny. They, they portray it as like the first ever history recording of alien abduction. Which so, I don't think it, it's not. I mean, there's, it depends on what case you really want to say is the coup de gras of alien abduction. If you want to go back to the Travis Walton story, you know, fire yep. in the sky, you want, I mean, this was in, from 1961 though. So There's a lot of different cases. This one I've been fascinated with for years and it's been on the History Channel. It's been made into like a movie, a TV series. I forget what else it was on. There's been tons of things where this is, you know. Well, they also book about it on the History Channel like episode. Yeah, which everybody, everybody knows this story. But uh, before we get into this story and into this case file, I just want to say make sure to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. And, you know, any way you want to support this channel, visit Nightmare365.com. It's all right there. But also, we'll be heading to Maine this week, bro. Hell yeah, I'm excited, man. We're not to. Actually, this is kind of far because I was going to say like, oh man, we should drive over there. But it it is a hike to where... They lived in Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire, and where this actually happened in White Mountains, the White Mountains yeah. of New Hampshire. Yeah, White Mountains is up there. Yeah, this is a lot further than we're going to Maine. But uh, yeah, it should be fun, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting up there in Maine. I'm looking forward to if we make a stop in Portland to the Paranormal Cryptid Museum. A lot of cryptids up in Maine. Yeah, there's Bigfoot. There's alien sightings. Like, a lot of moose. That's that's a cryptid. I mean, mo- they think moose are they come from Bigfoot. They come from Bigfoot. Yeah, it's I, evolved. I don't it's know like where. Dog. So Bigfoot evolved from a moose, or the moose evolved from Bigfoot. I think the moose evolved from Bigfoot. I, I don't know where you're going with this. I don't even know why you mentioned that. But anyway, it should be a fun saying. time. So. I'm going to start the clip off. This was from the show of the History Channel explaining some of Betty and Barney's Hill's experience. September 19, 1961 has the first really dramatic and well-publicized case of alien abduction. 
Betty and Barney Hill were driving through the White Mountain area of New Hampshire. It's late at night. Betty sees this unusual light that seems to be maneuvering. This light stopped in midair directly in front of us. The car motor stalled. And at that point, I realized that they undoubtedly planned to take us on board. And then the next thing is that they're 35 miles down the road, and they have no idea how they got that far down the road. It turns out they were missing two hours. My wife decided, well, we should notify someone, and we thought of notifying of the military base located in this area. A radar had detected something unidentified and had reported it through channels inside the Air Force. They had tracked an unidentified craft at 2.14 a.m., just about the time we estimate that the UFO left. They developed a series of nightmares, and as a result of that, the ufologist told them you should be regressed hypnotically to try to see if you remember more. The doctor who did the hypnosis was Dr. Simon, and he was an expert, and he played the tapes for us. They are terrifying. Something very traumatic had happened to them. I love that intro. I don't know why, but it explains everything. As <laughs> far as the Betty and Barney Hill abduction case, you know, you have a little bit of their hypnotic regression, I guess it was called. Like one of the, again, one of the first of its kind where they sat down and they talked about it and some of the memories, which I want to know, and I think we talked about this before, before getting into this, where they sat down from a famous doctor and had this hypnotic regression where some memories were blocked off. Yeah. Do you think if we went to somebody like this and said, hey, there's, I have a memory, but I want to remember more of this. Is there a way we could like go to somebody and say, all right, you know, like on this date, this time, I remember doing this, but now I want to know like every little detail that I forgot. Like, is it still there? Do you think that's possible? I mean, probably in your subconscious, it's still there. Like, I mean, how are some of the memories that we have as kids like still there, you know? Yeah, which it interests me, but it also we've talked about this before where you kind of wish you had like a DVD player where you could just pop it out or like a USB port and just take it out of that memory bank that you have that's still there somewhere. And it's just weird that in the subconscious that, you know, it was such a traumatic experience for these two to happen that they... Well, it's like almost like the the men in black, right? Like they got abducted and then they erase like the two hours or so that they were abducted with that little mind eraser thing. True. That's what it almost seems like to me, you know, like, like in all alien abduction cases, this is kind of what they do. Yeah. I mean, and generally I think most of the time, probably like movies get their ideas from real life experiences. So, I mean, why, who are we to say that that's not realistic and that's not real? That is very true. And, I want to explain because I don't know if everybody's familiar with the Benny and Barney Hill, you know, abduction case or their Mm -hmm. story. And I feel like if you're listening to the show, you're into this kind of stuff. So you should know somewhat of the background of them and their story of the alien abduction or their encounter. And if you want to believe their story or not, that's that's up to you. I 
I think I'm leaning towards more believing than not believing. There's mm-hmm. a there's a couple of strong factors in its case. Like this happened in 1961. So like what is the goal? I don't think they ever made money off of this. I don't know if they ever made residuals off of like the TV show or their lightnings or anything like the movie, a book. I mean, I know she was just a part of like the uh, UFO like group, but nothing else that I read about. Yeah, especially thinking about the time, which makes this case really unique too. Benny and Barney Hill laid, lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And which she, if which if no one's familiar with it, it's like a city right on the ocean, um, right before you go cross over into Maine. Yeah, it's about like an hour, hour no, hour and a half, hour north of Boston. Is it? Yeah. Oh, so that that's not. I mean, where they you know? Yeah, where they where lived. They lived. Yeah. yeah, and she was a social worker. She died in two thousand four, and Barney. He was a postal worker. He died in 1969. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she outlived him by a long time, but they were... Well, yeah, because he had some medical complications like ulcers and... Uh, I wonder if that was because of the abduction, you know, or... Something it, else. He had something else going on with him too, but he had like medical problems. That's why. Yeah. And I wonder if this this had anything to do with it or it was just like happenstance. And then like eight years later, he ended up dying. But also that was really captivating too. And... If you want to think like why bring this story, you know, to the front in 1961, they were an interracial couple. And, I, you know, that's not it wasn't well, I mean, back then. Yeah, it wasn't widely accepted. Right. So it's like why put more, you know, I guess you would say pressure or more notice or more anything onto your relationship as it is to come forward to say, hey, we've had an alien abduction, you know. Well, yeah. And this happened on their like honeymoon after like they were married for 18 months and like he was working the night shift as a postal worker and they he really didn't take time off and it was like a last minute trip to go up to niagara falls yeah and it was on their way back in the white um, mountains of new hampshire that they spotted this correct yeah, and this is where it gets really interesting, and I want to read more a little bit about this, about the UFO encounter. According to variety of reports given by the Hills, and there's tons of it, and we're going to share it in the show notes, so we had two links that I want to share. The one is a skeptic about the story about Benny and Barney Hill, where they talk about the lights that they saw in the sky that night, and they said that the lights that they saw in the sky that night you know, had a lot to do with the planet's you know, aligning as far as like the moon, Jupiter and Saturn. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that's going to be in the show notes is from the University of New Hampshire. And that pretty much gives an account, which some of the neat things in that is the pictures that they have that Benny and Barney Hill described what the aliens look like. And that's the only thing that really like gets me because you don't hear this too often. And the aliens that they did spot they said, which I'll get more into it, but they said they were wearing like black uniforms almost and like a cap. Like I've never heard that before in any other sighting, you know, that we've ever looked into, investigated or read about, anything like that. So that was kind of weird. And they also still have the dress that she wore that night that has some rips and stains in it. But getting back to the UFO encounter (coughs) itself, it happened in September 19th, 1961 at around 10 30 
and they were driving back to uh, their hometown in Portsmouth from their vacation in Niagara Falls in Montreal. Yep. And, and when they started seeing these lights, these bright lights in the sky that moved below, you know, the moon and the planet Jupiter and, you know, they're spotting it out upward to the west of the moon. And they stopped a couple times. And then on one of their stops, Barney got out and was looking through the binoculars and he saw in the craft that was not too far away about, I, I think it was, let's see here. It says 40 feet, about 12 meters. Betty testified that at, at least at one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile, so mm-hmm. which was 40, 40 feet away, 12 meters long. She saw this object that was rotating and they said they saw, and this is another thing about this sighting that got me too is you don't hear this often where there was like these windows in this craft and they said they saw about like 12 of these humanoid, these bipedal creatures through the binoculars. Which is freaky in and of itself. Yeah, like you don't, I mean, you see that in movies, but you don't hear about that kind of stuff in like any other sighting. No, you really don't. Yeah, uh, it just... I don't know. That got me along with what these aliens were wearing. Like, were they wearing some type of spacesuit, but like a hat and like, you know, black suits or not, not suits, but I don't know what you want to call them, like tights. That's the only way it like described it as it's just weird. And Barney described the object spacecraft as a huge pancake. Yeah, it was like almost, yeah, it was like a, uh, yeah, it's probably the best way to describe it, like a, a pancake with windows. Yeah. I mean, you do see that in alien sightings where they have like these windows or lights or something. But I found it strange that, yeah, and Barney claimed that he saw 8 to 11 humanoid figures that were peering out the craft's window, seeming to look at him. In unisons, all but one moved to what appeared to be a panel at the rear wall of a hallway that encircled the front portion of this craft. The one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message, which you hear this too all the time, commissioners mm-hmm. you know, telling him to stay where he is and keep looking. Barney had no recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. The red lights of what appeared to be bat wing fins began to telescope out from the side of the craft and a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. The silent craft approached to what Barney estimated about within 50 to 80 feet, or 15 to 28 or 24 meters, and about overhead and 300 feet away from him. It's just weird to think, because then after that, they got back in their car, whatever, what they remembered, and they were two hours. There's two hours of missing time. This was a five-hour drive, and yet it took seven hours. So there were two hours of missing time. What happened in those two hours? That question, of course, gets to the heart of the alien abduction mystery. Yeah, they looked at their watches, and there was two hours of missing time. Because when they stopped at the diner, like uh, when they were on their way back from Niagara Falls in the in, in uh northern new hampshire they estimated that they were about like three hours away from home and when they finally got home it was 
two hours more than what they expected. Yeah, they, they ended up going, and you heard in the introduction, there was a five-hour trip that ended yep. up taking, you know, two hours, you know, more than they expected. I, I don't know. Like, how do you explain something like that? I mean, if you're looking at it, like, scientifically, I mean, like, you could think of, like, they were sleep-deprived. He works overnight, so... I mean, maybe they were hallucinating. Maybe she was sleeping. Maybe she they had a she had a dream, and maybe the watch stopped working because of I don't know any magnetic field or anything like that. I, I'm not sure, but it does seem I don't know like their story. When you read more about them, they don't seem to be like people that were making it up, lying. And no, like into UFOs, into into astrology, into anything like that, you know? Yeah, that, and that's one of the things that is just fascinating about this story. Like, why come forward? Like, why, you know, you went on this vacation. Did they plan this on their vacation to tell this elaborate story, to try to get some notoriety, to try to get some attention, to try to get on TV, maybe a book deal? I don't know. Because the aftermath is also kind of interesting. The story, you know, supposedly goes at arriving about like dawn at home, they, they, they put all their luggage and everything like by the back door because they felt like something was off. There was some sense, you know, sensations that was going on in them that, they, that they, yeah. you know, they just felt their watches would never work again. Barney had said his leather strapped from the binoculars that were, he was wearing was torn and ripped. He doesn't know how that happened. He can't recall it like, you know, anything happened. Also, his shoes, he said, and in one of his hypnotic regressions later on when he was talking about it, it seemed like he was being carried away, not dragged, but being just carried away. And his toes were hitting, I guess, on the floor. Yeah. And, and his boots were scraped. And he was also, he said when he got home, he, you know, was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, but he found nothing unusual then, you know, they took long showers to possibly get off any contamination. And they tried to reconstruct, you know, what happened to them chronologically after they said, you know, when they got home and they witnessed this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they heard buzzing sounds. Their memory became incomplete and fragmented. After sleeping a few hours, Betty awoke and placed her shoes and clothing she had wore during the drive in her closet. Then she threw it away, but then she brought it back out to say, you know what? Maybe I should hold on to this. It could be some type of evidence. Like there's a lot of compelling information. It's so detailed too. And I think that's what gets a lot of people. And they actually were willing to go and under hypnosis and to try to figure out more. I mean, they had nightmares about this. Yeah. She said she would have reoccurring nightmares and dreams about it, um, about what happened. And it's it's worth mentioning that Barney was a World War II vet, so he would notice or know if it was a plane or a helicopter or anything like that that was following them or not even following them, but like up in the sky that night. And Yeah, but see, like, do you think that's the case? Do you think that, you know, when people say that, like, I, you know, you're a police officer, you're, you know, you fly planes for a living, you were in the Navy, the Army, et cetera. Because we talked about this a million times, too, where you, we're not told everything. And even if you work there, like Bob Lazar, he worked there, but he didn't know everything. So No, if, I get if, that, if yeah. you see a craft or something that is out of the ordinary, correct? you, you know, like you wouldn't know. And you'd be like, no, oh, that, I'm just that, saying that, that could be military. Away. Yeah, that explains a way, though, that like it, it's not 
you know, an aircraft or a helicopter. No, true. And Betty did, two days later, on September 21st, Betty did telephone the Air Force Base that was in the area to report their UFO encounter. Though for fear of being labeled eccentric, she withheld some of the details. And then it said on September 22nd, one of the majors, Henderson, telephoned the Hills for more details and an interview. And he did a, you know, a full interview with them on September 22nd, determined that the Hills had probably misidentified the planet Jupiter, which I think that's mm-hmm. funny. If there's a craft that's in front of you, you see humanoid figures. How can you misidentify that? And then later it was changed to an optical condition. Inverns, you know, insufficient data. And it was a report that was forward to Project Blue Book. Yeah, which they investigated too. Yeah, and you can actually look at the report. The report number is report 100-1-61. So if you want to look into that and read the report there, look it up for yourself. It's just, it's just a, I don't, I don't know why, unless they, unless something at the diner was slipped to them, I, I'm not sure like why or how they would go under like hip, hypnosis and recall this. Because when they were under hypnosis, um, they did it separately so they wouldn't hear, overhear each other's um, like memories and like what they said about the incident. And they, they both came away with basically the same story. Yeah. I mean, that is interesting. But again, they went on a trip, like we're going up to Maine, and you're going to spend like five hours in a car. Mm -hmm. You know, they're driving back from Canada, and then also Niagara Falls. I don't know exactly how far that trip is, but again, they said it takes them five hours. So you don't think me and you could sit in a car for five hours and concoct like... An yeah, idea. but then under hypnosis, like I, I've never been under hypnosis, so I don't know if the truth would come out then under hypnosis, but if people put weight in that. Yeah, and most sightings and the pictures that you could actually look at from the University of New Hampshire, and you look at the pictures, they look like your typical gray alien. They don't have the huge eyes that you're typically you know, associated aliens or grays with, mm-hmm. but they still have the fa- same facial structure, things like that. And again, I don't know, like you could look at it any, you know, which way you wanted to. And a lot of people too point to this incident where they call it the hill abduction or the Zeta reticulate incident. And Well, yeah, because when, when they were up in the craft, Betty asked, where are we? And later she drew, like, what star system or whatever you want to say that they were in. Yeah, Zeta Reticula. And a lot of people believe that is a binary star system in the southern um, constellation. And they believe that's where aliens come from. And a lot of aliens that visited this planet supposedly live there in this star system. Which again, like if you look at the skeptic, another one that I shared in the show notes, the truth about Betty Hill's UFO star map, mm-hmm. the person claims, and again, it's a long thing, so I'm not going to read it, but their final conclusion, which I'll read to this because this is kind of short. 
the final conclusion that they put out was none of these seems believable to me in, in terms of her star map and Zeta Reticula and all that. I believe that the uh, correlation with some of the real stars reported by, you know, who had a chance to interview Betty Hill, the drawings is no way all at proof of alien contact. I have no idea what really happened at Hills in September night, but I am certain that the Hill abduction case is not, after all, the evidence of extraterrestrial visitation to our planet. So that was one of the reports. You could read that. I'm going to put it in the show notes, too. So I don't know. It, it's certainly I mean, interesting. Would you? I I don't like watching really movies from the 1970s, but no, I don't they, either. They have the book, the television show. You could actually watch it about the you know the interrupted journey and the 1975 television show, the UFO incident. I'm kind of curious what it is now, if it's any good, or if it was just like our regular show sightings and stuff like that. Because I didn't watch it. And like, I don't know, like to refute like a bunch of reports like refuting the hills. Like one psychiatrist said it was because they were hallucinating. Um, one, they were stressed out from being an interracial couple back then. And then also, like, I don't know if you saw this report, like a guy named Jim McDonald, the resident of the area where the Hills claimed to have been abducted, um, produced a detailed analysis of their journey and said he came out, which there's an aircraft warning beacon on the hill that they were abducted that could could uh, could represent of what the light they were seeing was yeah so i mean there yeah because i saw reports too where they said you know that there was a ufo that was tracked after the you know they were abducted and it was flying away so it does correlate with the time period as well as this could have been, and I, I haven't seen this, you know, put forth by a, a lot of people, but this could have been, you know, maybe the military fucking with them. Yeah, I, I thought about that. Like, if you, like, take, like, maybe, like, a military in uniform, like, raincoats or something like that, it could pose that. But, like, if you look at, did you see... Barney Hill's sketch of like what the, I guess, alien looked like. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could, again, it's all in the information from the university of New Hampshire. I mean, it almost looks like one. I thought of the Grinch immediately when I saw that. (laughs) Yeah. You can see it. It has the same type of nose face structure, but it also could be like, maybe they're wearing like goggles or something. Well, yeah, they could definitely be wearing a mask and go out there and say, all right, like this would be a great story in 1961. Think about this. If you're the military and you know, like you're really tracking people, but you also see people on the road, right? And they see this interracial couple and they said, all right, this would be a perfect test to see, let us do, you know, the alien abduction, whatever, whatever they were doing, whatever kind of test that you would want to run, which I don't understand like what you would want to be doing as a military. Like why fuck with civilians at this point? But if they were, because at that point, I don't think anyone would believe them. Right. That's my point. It's like, like all right, civilians, they're civilians, they're interracial couples. So like it, it almost like says to 
it wasn't well mainstreamed and they could just say, Hey, I don't know what these fucking people, they're, they're loonies. Look at them. You know, they're an interracial couple. Who are they? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's just a thought. But at the same time, like, why would you make this stuff up? Even one of the doctors after the hypnosis session, they speculate that Barney's recollection of the UFO encounter was possibly a fantasy inspired by Betty's dreams. So, which I mean, that if he heard it enough, it could be true. You know, if you heard something long enough and and you know often enough, it could be. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. So you have this doctor that's doing this hypnotic session, and they did a, disagree on a lot of different things. You know, they did. Yep. So I don't know. Like, it just fascinates me though because. It does make me think, besides writing a book, and they didn't write the book, but besides like selling the rights to your story, like how much could that actually be worth? And like, what's the point of that? Because it could go like most of the time when people come forward, most of the time it's ridicule. Yeah. So at, at what point, like, why wouldn't you kind of believe it, you know? And why wouldn't you say, I don't, I don't know. Like there's, it doesn't seem like it benefits a lot of people. Like even Bob Lazar. I think, I think it just creates problems for a lot of people. Yeah. Especially for Bob Lazar, which I mean, he's still going through stuff today. He's still getting raided by the FBI. Right. I I don't know if he's making tons of money behind the scenes. I'm sure he's making some money off of that new documentary movie that was on Netflix about him. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I just don't see in 1961, especially like with the way the UFO talk was even early on in, you know, 1947 and still in the sixties and even in still in the fifties and eighties, you know, from that period, from the fifties when project blue book was around, there was still a lot of ridicule. So I just don't understand, you know, why people want to come forward unless they have some type of deal beforehand and said, mm-hmm. like, hey, let's just, we're going to make a cool case out of you two. Let's do it. And just listening to, I let everybody know, like, definitely listen to their hypnosis sessions because they are, yeah, they are very compelling and very weird. Yeah, they're chilling. They're weird. They're, you know, kind of graphic, but they also paint like a, a bigger picture that, is just much more than we get from reading, you know, any of the stories online or any of the information you can get from all the sources from them. So yeah, because it comes directly from their mouth. Yeah. Again, like I, I've never been under hypnosis, but I don't know. Like, I think everything will, would come out during that. Yeah. Would you, would you consider doing it for like an experiment? <laughs> You know what, go under hypnosis? Yeah, I don't know if it would work for me. I think you have to be willing to do it, right? All right. So, what if I was willing to do it? We like filmed it one day, and we said, like, so, all right, yeah. if there's a certain, do we know a person who can do it. I don't know. I'm sure there's there's people in the area that could do it. You know, mm-hmm. we could just say, all right, here's a memory that I want to. You know, I don't know what memory I could relive, but maybe something early on in childhood. That I would be like, yeah. oh, it would be really cool to really understand what happened. Because I have a vague memory of, I don't know, even like I have a vague memory of a story that was in our first house where we lived in. 
And I don't even think you were born yet. Uh, I don't know if mom ever told you this story, but when we lived close to the bay, kind of where you live today, you know, we're, we're close yep. to the bay in New Jersey. And I was playing outside one day and I came inside and I told, hey, mommy, there's a big bug outside. And mom's like, okay, yeah, sure. I ran back outside, come running back in. No, mommy, there's a big bug outside. And she kept mm-hmm. telling this story. I don't know if you remember this at all. No. Yeah, so you know, I came back in again. I was like, Mom, you really have to come and see this big bug outside. And yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember this, but I kind of remember it. Like I remember seeing what this thing was. And it was a big turtle. Like, I mean, big. I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm trying to describe. It was like a big, think of about a chair. Like a so, you know, like one of the recliner chairs. It was like that big. And I <laughs> guess it was coming up here to like, you know, lay its eggs, which yeah, we weren't far from the bay. We were about like a block or two. And mom's like, oh my God, that is a big buck. But like, I was too young to understand what the heck that was. And I would love to, you know, go back and maybe see if I could tap into that, you know, if they could send me back that they, time. I wonder if you don't choose what you tap into. I wonder if your subconscious chooses. Yeah, but then how, like, would they tap into, like, why wouldn't Betty and Barney Hill, like, just randomly say something else, you know? Like, why would they both tap into, I mean, I guess the questioning is, you know, like, the questions lead him down that path. Yeah, probably. They say, all right, you had that encounter at this night. Like, tell, take us back to that night. Yep. That's why maybe they could do that to me. You know, they put me under and, like, take us back to that day you were playing in your yard and you saw the big bug. And I wonder if in our memory that is still there, like that would be freaking wild because one of the things I always fascinated about too, just in like my own daily life is, you know how you live through a moment, yep. but later on you can't picture details or even like faces or I don't know what else like I could really explain it at, but you, you know, like a particular person, like a particular person you were hanging out with. I know what they look like. I haven't seen them in 20 years, but I can't picture them anymore. You know, like I can't yeah, picture I, what they look like, their details, things like that. Yeah, and, I, I know what you mean. So I don't know. I find this case very fascinating, though. And there's so much to talk about with this case. We know. So we, what do you ultimately believe them or do you think that they're making some of it up? I think I really do believe them. And the only thing that I found weird was because you don't hear this a lot. And I said this in the beginning is the clothing that they were wearing. Like that makes no sense to me. You know, like you don't hear that. Like they were wearing this black clothing and a hat. Like that sounds like the men in black, you know, introductions that people have with them. You know, you don't, see that in a lot of abduction cases they're just like these little creatures and i don't think in any of the reports that i read or the stuff that i have listened to them i didn't hear them say like how big they were no they never did maybe they did but i couldn't find that i'm gonna try to find but i can't i've been looking but again like i've never heard of an alien wearing a hat (laughs) so like Um, why the hell would you throw that you know in there like i mean it's new hampshire it's cold up there i get it but yeah it says barney had a you know recollection observing the humanoids wearing black glossy uniforms 
and black caps. The only thing that I could think of is with that is it could have been some type of government. It could have been some type of, I know you don't like this theory, but it could have been some type of humans from the future that came back and, you know, are doing some type of experiments. I don't know. It could be freaking Marty McFly coming back. You, you love that. I do because you don't have any other explanations. Why do they always like, do we see what they want us to see? Do we see what they, you know, what we perceive them to be? And what I mean by that is why does everything look human? You know, like even Mm -hmm. some, even in some of the movies that we make where, where the aliens are, they look human. Yeah. They always have, Two two arms, hands, feet, like a head, two eyes, a mouth, a like, nose. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what do you think? Uh, why? What do you think they would look like then? No, but I'm saying like even even with that, like why do we always associate them to look like us? Like think about all the different animals and creatures that are on this planet. Like why don't yep. they look something similar to that? You know why? Do, know. Why do they have arms? Like maybe they don't have arms, you know, like they can, they could speak. And he did say this, Barney said, you know, that the one humanoid figure that was left behind in the craft while they all exited, you know, he said the one was communicating, not with words, but telepathically and saying, stay right there, you know? So like if they have that advancement in their own species, why do they need legs? Why do they need arms? Why aren't they just like these little ball things like flying around? You ball know? things. So well, how would else? I don't know. Like, well, they, like think about like ghosts. Like what? What are ghosts? Like some of them. Like the, the depiction of ghosts in movies and and some what people say that like they're floating. Why can't these aliens just float around? If they could speak to us without even moving their lips or even saying anything, just like mind to mind, boom. Like why couldn't why couldn't we fathom that they could do some of this other shit? Well, that's like telepathically. I mean, I, uh, like, uh, yeah, I, don't know, I have a hard time believing uh, that they of, don't have of their feet or legs or anything like that. It's well, easier to believe that they can, they can control like mind and well, talk to you through your thoughts. Well, yeah, but that's that's the thing. Like, so do these aliens when they come down and visit us? They're like, all right, well, we're too gruesome. We look like crazy, you know something that they never seen any before. So they might like drop dead by the sight of us. So instead of that, we're going to make, we're going to make us look like them, but just like hairless. And that's why they could. And that's why I think a lot of people think it's us in the future. It's just like the, the smaller creatures that don't really have to depend on, you know, surviving any other way, you know, because life has been too easy. We don't have any hair anymore. And we just have these powerful brains. That's why our heads are so big. I mean, there's a lot of people that truly believe that. And then we're we're like a distant, and a lot of people believe that too. And Zeta Reticula is a star planet for maybe us in the future or something. Who knows? There's a lot to think about too with any of these like alien abductions or alien UFO sightings or anything like that. Like, well, you can go down so many different scenarios because we don't know and it's maybe something that we can't even fathom or imagine all right now would you want something like this to happen to you 
just to, um, just to say like, all right, now I know. If I knew it wasn't going to mess me up like mentally or physically for the rest of my life, sure. Well, we got two cases that did mess people up, you know, with their experiences with UFOs. That's going to be next week. I don't know if anybody's heard of those, you know, two incidents where we're going to talk about next week, the Cash Landrum incident and then also the Taylor uh, Robert Taylor incident. Both UFO sightings, both very different. One's from Texas, one's from Scotland. So tune in for that for sure. More UFO Texas. talk. I've been obsessed with UFOs lately. Well, hopefully we'll see one up in Maine. Yeah, now see, that's the case. Like, if we said we saw something, would people believe us? I mean, do we have video evidence to back it up? Do we have other people that back us up? I mean, maybe there's a couple other people, but then again... <clears throat> Barney and Betty both had each other. And it, again, people question it. You know, maybe maybe by the time we get out our video camera, like it's too far away or it's too bright and it doesn't pick it up and it pixelates everything. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios that could go wrong. Well, then that's just an experience and we can talk about it. But then it's just like we like I always say, like we want the proof. We want video. And if it's not there, like I wasn't there. Well, that's why, that's why I asked, and that's why I say, like, you know, if you could experience something like this, to say, like, holy shit, now I know. But then again, like, if you were the Travis Walton case, which this is another case I want to talk, you know, about. And I don't know if you ever watched that movie. Did you ever see Fire in the Sky? No, I didn't. Son of a... Maybe we're going to have to watch that one night. You know what I think would be a great movie to watch up, up at the cabin? Me. What? We could watch the Jason one. Friday the uh, 13th, number four, one of my favorites. Okay. Up there at the lake, or we could watch Fire in the Sky. I don't think everybody else would want to watch that shit at night, but I'd be down for that. <clears throat> I mean, we could stay up at night and watch it. Why not? Fire in the Sky is really good, though. And But if like you had that abduction story, I don't think you would want it. Well, no, I don't want anything to mess me up. Yeah, you come back and you're trying to like tell people your story it's like i don't know do you keep that shit buried deep down inside or do you you know yep. put that put that shit out there for everybody to hear <clears throat> i don't know i, I, I don't know. I, I, I think sometimes it's too much for people to handle i think so too and even the people that do experience this stuff i mean benny and barney hill had nightmares you know they had these different dreams afterwards and i don't know like how much before like eight years after the fact that it happened when Barney was still alive, how much they actually talked about it. Like, do they sit there at the dinner and say like, shit, you know, I hope this never happens again. You know, could this happen again to us? Like, is that a fear? But then again, they didn't really remember anything. You know, they only remember seeing it. They didn't remember that two hours of missing time. That's another thing that fascinates me is the time that people, you know, report of missing when they encounter these aliens or are abducted like the missing time like do they have that technology i mean if they have a technology to come to this planet and telepathically speak to us do they have that technology to like turn back time is it time travel and see that's why i love the fact that it has an aspect of time travel i know you don't like it and i know you don't say like oh it's us in the future but how do you explain that missing time I don't, I don't know if uh, you can explain that missing time other than the fact that they just 
took him somewhere and, and brought him back to where where they were. I don't know. Yeah, but how do you explain that missing time? Like, did they travel so fast that the time was missing? Did they actually go anywhere? You know, did they experiment? Like, they bring them back to their planet and experiment them on, you know, there and show the other people, you know, like they're, they're members of their society, like, hey, look what we found. Or well, Yeah, probably. Or do they take, you know, <clears throat> all right there, like right where that abduction happened, it's there and it's just cloaked and no one else can see it, and they're doing that, and then bam, they you know, beam them right back down. Like, see, that's the kind know. of questions I have. That's the kind of shit that I think about. Like, are I they taking... I don't know. I mean, that's, again, like... Do you think... Things that- do you think this, too? Like, all right, they were, they were, you know, driving. Why don't they just take their car? Like, why don't they say, like, ooh, look at this. I'm, instead of abducting these people, I'm just going to take this car. Maybe they do. Yeah. Maybe they do, and they, they have their car somewhere. Yeah, they were driving a 1957 Chevy Bel Air. Like, as as an alien, I'd be like, oh, what is this? Why did they make this? You know, like, look at their clothing. I mean, maybe that's why, you know, Betty's dress was ripped. They were like, oh, what is this material? We're going to steal some, and we're going to try to yeah. reproduce it, you know? It could be. Do you think abduction cases still happen? Yeah, I think they do. We just don't know about them yet or people just don't want to come forward. Yeah, but see that my my whole thing too is now like why if you've been abducting people say since the 40s, how many more people do you need to abduct? Or do you think it's well, different species of aliens? Could be different species, but why do we still explore like the ocean? Why do we still explore Because there's so much the planet there's still so much that we don't know about our own planet, you know? I mean, there's still so much that we don't know about the human body, even us. True. Very true. So. Like, even the brain. And that's why I think it's fascinating to say, like, if we went under hypnosis to see if we could tap in. Like, I would love, I, I seriously would love one day to have the dump button. And I seriously would love one day to just, like, plug in, like, we plug in the computer and then just go through all the files, like, on my hard drive and be like, oh, shit, that was a great day. That was a great memory when me and you went up to Maine, you know, that summer, that was a great memory. <clears throat> or just like home videos? Yeah, and you're able to tap in and maybe not even watch it on the computer, but it would be cool to tap into your own mind and I would say like dream about it and have like a vivid dream of that memory. You yeah, know? see what it's thinking, yeah. Yeah, because, like, why why do we never have dreams like that? Why do we never have vivid dreams of, like, a memory that we had as a child? Because um, it already happened, so maybe your mind doesn't go there. Yeah, but, like, there's some happy thoughts that you could say, like, oh, man, I would love to relive that. That was a cool experience. Like, the first time you went on a roller coaster, the first time you got on an airplane, the first, you know, kiss, the first time you had sex, the first time you did, like, anything... To say like, oh shit, I would just love to have that experience again. The thrill, the excitement that, you know, it's so new. Like as a kid, even in high school, like think about how much stuff was so fucking new to you that nowadays that you don't even think about, like getting in a car, like driving was like, oh my God, this is freaking awesome. I don't know, because maybe you think about that during the day and that you don't really, your brain shuts off at night and just doesn't want to think about what stuff happened. I don't believe it. I don't want to believe it. Yeah, 
And uh, that UFO committee or that you were talking about with uh, Benny and Barney Hill that they were a part of, I guess yep. it was the International Investigation <laughs> Committee on Aerial Phenomena. And one of the, the main persons that was investigating that was Walter Webb. I just keep reading while we're like discussing this because it is fascinating. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what people think, and I don't know if anybody has visited the University of New Hampshire and actually saw some of these drawings, the photographs, the dress. I mean, they have a lot of. They even have a bunch of DVDs. They have one, two, three, four, five, six DVDs. Some of it's obviously, you know, of the time, like interviews. Like they have the Betty Hill interviews from Connecticut from nineteen seventy nine. Which is kind of cool. It's like on the anniversary. I guess they did an interview with her in Connecticut. So that was interesting. And then you have a bunch. Of, there's 90, 98 folders of photographs that they have from Benny and Barney Hill. And just some of them are just random. Like Barney Hill and his U.S. mail truck. They have their dog. They have a bunch of just like... Barney Hill in a lawn chair. <laughs> I would yeah, love to I see. Yeah, I don't know why they have some of the ones that they do. Well, I know <clears throat> sh- she went to school there. So that was one of the reasons I guess they were given a lot of artifacts from them because they lived in New Hampshire. Betty, she was born in 1919. She was a social worker and she has a degree from the University of New Hampshire. So I'm sure, you know, in her will, she left a lot. I don't know if they had. I don't think they had kids, did they? Uh, no, I know, I didn't read that they had kids. No. Yeah, I don't see any reports or any of the reports I read. So if they do have kids, I mean, they kept that kind of hush hush and quiet, you know. And maybe their kids don't want to come forward after this. But it doesn't seem like they had kids. At least I don't see it here. Let's see if it's on this page. No, yeah, occupation doesn't say anybody that they had. I don't know. This story gets me, man. I, I really, I would like to see this made into some type of movie. I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I want to go uh, like, um, like I remember the Project Blue Book episode. Yeah. And for the History Channel, but like it didn't really. I don't know. It didn't really like it was. It was loosely based off of the obviously the incident, so it didn't really go into like that much yeah see that's why i don't understand like you have something you have these awesome stories and even if they are just stories you have these stories that i feel like you could just base a movie on and you don't even need to do any writing the writing's already there for you the interview's already there for you you know you could make a whole movie on just this i know i I think just people want their creative touch on things i wouldn't care i'd be like dude i'm making a movie and this is what it is it's it's this is when I see a true yeah, story. But it's 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 not your money to make. But that's it's what I'm saying. Call. That's what I'm saying. If I had a, you know, I was able to make a movie and I was able to do this, this is what I would do. Even like the Travis Walton story, like Fire in the Sky. Like there's so many details that have changed. You know, when you listen mm-hmm. to his interviews or you actually read the actual account of stories, it's like, oh, they add a guy here. They do this instead of this. It's like, what the fuck, man? Just tell the real stories. You know, like when I see this is based on a true story, when I saw that in the very, and that's another memory. When I saw that as the first time, I was like, holy shit, this is really all true. And then you Blair realize. Witch Project. What? Blair Witch Project. I mean, that got me. I saw that in the movie theater. 
that got me. And then it, I think it was like after the movie, or I think it might have been like that night or a day later, right in that time frame. It was, it was quick, but I realized like, oh, shit, it's fake. I was like, son of a bitch. Got me. Got Wrestling. Me. Fake. The government lies to you. <clears throat> Always lying to us. Always. I don't know, man. But we'll have to pick up more UFO talk next week. And I think I think you'll enjoy these cases. I'm going to send them over to you. You better start doing your research now, bro. Better do it now. Because next week. Uh, I mean, we might even have to talk more about Maine. I know we're going to do next week's episode before we head to Maine. But yep. the episode maybe afterwards, we could talk about like our trip to Maine. If we experienced anything. If we went you know, anywhere, place cool. Because there is um, two places that I would like to check out. One, obviously, being the Paranormal Museum. But the other one, I don't know. It's in Kenny Bunk, Maine. So it's not far from where we nice. are. But yep. Walling, Wallingford Hall, okay. w- which was built in 1805-1806. And it has a lot of ghost sightings. Because I've been following... We, we go to the cemetery up there. I mean, do you want to make another video about a cemetery? I'm just saying. No, but I've been following, not following, but I've been using this website called hauntedplaces.org, and it has all these different things in each site, you know, state, sorry, each state that you can look up. And it's even around the country. There's tons of shit in New Jersey. But one of the places what I found in Maine was that Wallingford site that has tons of good ghost stories so maybe maybe we can make a a a video on that i don't know i don't know if i'll have time it's gonna be a short trip we're only up there for really two whole days right it's gonna be a good trip though I'm, i'm excited i'm excited too a lot to get done beforehand but thank you for tuning in let us know your thoughts on benny and barney hill do you believe their story do you think they're just making this up did they make any money off of this i don't know Definitely share your thoughts. Let us know. And next week, we are going to be talking about the Robert Taylor incident. So look that up. And then also also the Cash Landrum incident that happened in Texas. So those are two prominent cases. And Greg didn't hear about either of them, so that they should be good. And there's lots to talk about with UFOs. So thank you for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel where we do make videos of us going to Maine, you know, to cemeteries, to the old Dempsey house, haunted places. So if you want to see more of that, make sure to subscribe to us and follow along at nightmare365.com. Email us, give us a call. It's all right there. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, stay spooky.
stay spooky. spooky.